Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to the LA Football Podcast. What's up, Los Angeles, and welcome back to the LA Football Show here on the LA Football Network, LAFBnetwork.com, and live at the bottom of the hour on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is your Chargers segment. What's up, Bolt fam out there? Excited to get into it and joining me. It's been a while. Obviously, their show is on the network, but we haven't recorded together in what feels like ages. The great Dan Wolkenstein host of Chargers Unleashed right here on the LA Football Network. What's up, brother? How we doing? I am good. Hello, Ryan. It has been far too long, my friend. I miss your voice, miss your face, but happy to be here uh, talking Chargers football. Can't wait. How have you been? Been good, man. Been uh, It's been a wild season between college and pro, and uh, it's funny, you know, last year our pro teams were better. Obviously, the Rams won the Super Bowl. Chargers had a, had a really fun run there and the emergence of Justin Herbert and the college teams. Yeah, UCLA went eight and four, but they were very up and down. USC was putrid. And this year, like swaps, you get the Rams are terrible, although a great game last night. Chargers have been so up and down and you get UCLA, a nine win team, USC, an 11 win team, the title. So kind of a, a role reversal for our coverage this year. Yes, LAFB has been through a roller coaster the last month or so, um, but we made it to the other side. And yes, that <laughs> that Raiders Rams game yesterday was wild. Uh, yeah, happy for the Rams, but man, poor one out for Raiders season. That was bad. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I talked all about it on last segment, and uh, it was the best Rams victory of the season by far <laughs> for a number of reasons. And obviously, it's great just to see the late Raiders lose. Uh, I think if anyone that's of the 31 other teams like seeing the Raiders lose. So especially Chargers fans, obviously in the division and um, you know, after just losing in the last week. So, so that was a good one. And we'll, we'll kind of touch on that as we do our Chargers talk a little bit, cause I want to kind of blur the lines a little bit, but you know, as always, this segment, this Chargers segment is brought to you by our friends at bet online, head to betonline.ag right now. Use the promo code believe that's B L E A V to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Tough game to bet on this weekend with the Dolphins coming to town and the Chargers yet again, maybe even more shorthanded this side on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, Dan, off the top, I mean, what are just your initial thoughts of this matchup, which is heralded to be Herbert versus Tua, but obviously there's a lot of other storylines going into this, most notably the the injuries on the back end for the Chargers. Yeah, th- as much as this is a quarterback versus quarterback game, at least that's what it's kind of being primed to. That's why they are now flexed to prime time. This is going to be a lot about kind of a supporting cast for either t- or either quarterback and who's going to be able to kind of have the horses to get something done. We've, we've all heard Tua with how successful he's been this year, and rightly so. He has looked like a different quarterback, has looked very good. Also has Jalen Waddle, also has Tyreek Hill, and Mike McCarthy knows what he's doing. So they're all kind of together synergistically. But they also are now without left tackle. Mike Daniel, sorry, not Mike McCarthy. Mike Daniel. Um, hey, Mike, Mike McCarthy's doing a good job in Dallas, too, so you know, give him <laughs> yes, some credit. Okay. Give credit where credit's yes. due. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But, um... <laughs> They're missing the left tackle, and you just saw them get the brakes beat off of them by the Niners when they went up against a good team after the four-game winning streak against some teams that weren't that great, i.e. the Bears, i.e. the Browns, i.e. the Steelers. Not great. Uh, This is going to be a test for the Dolphins. And you look at the Chargers, I mean, 
same story, broken record. They've had decimated with injuries all season. Finally, it looks like they might be getting Corey Lindsley, their center. Mike Williams, a receiver back. Their offense might be able to make some strides. And then what do you know? Derwin James, Bryce Callahan, and Sebastian Joseph Day, all three pivotal pieces to the Chargers defense, who has already not looked great, uh, have not practiced at all this week. So it's looking pretty questionable for them. So as much as we want to talk about Tua versus Herbert, I think right now it looks like Herbert's getting some of his offense back, is losing more defense. Tua, we're not sure what's going to happen with his offensive line. We saw what happened last week. Um, I think Herbert's going to have to have another Superman game, which unfortunately that's what he has to do in order for the Chargers to win games. Uh, He does not have a supporting cast, at least that's healthy, like Tua and company has. Uh, But say what you will, it's going to be a box office game. It's going to be worth the hype. I will be there in attendance. And... I have the Chargers winning. I'm not even going to hide it. I have the Chargers winning this game. All right. Well, good. I mean, it's, we're at that point now, Dan, where, I mean, it's almost must win. This team, I think, has to go 4-1 and one down the stretch to have a shot at the playoffs, get to 10 wins. Um, luckily, you know, after this game, they get the Titans, and then they have a fairly easy end of the schedule with, you know, Rams, Broncos, and um, I'm blanking on the third team there, but it's not the most Colts. formidable. Colts. Colts. There you go. Cold. So they just need to get the, through these two. If they can split one on one, so that's why I don't think this is a absolute must win. But I think it starts this Sunday. If you lose this game, drop to six and seven, it's going to be very doom and gloom, which it's been most of the season among Chargers fans. But it'll be season over for sure at that point. Um, we're going to get into the Herbert. Me and you have had you know thoughts on Herbert uh, that have gotten us you know skinned alive, and they're not even like bad <laughs> thoughts, but just conversations. So I want to. We, me and you can have a little therapy sessions talking about that. We'll do that here in a minute. And I'm putting you on the spot here. We didn't prep into this, but outside of Herbert having a Superman game, which we both admit, even with the conversation we're going to have later, that yes, he doesn't have the sporting guys. Like he has to be Superman to win. Like we're not denying that by any means. But outside of him, who is one player, offense or defense, that you're seeing that needs to really have that Superman type game to give this Chargers team the shot of the win. Who that's tough. Um, I'll go one on offense, one on defense. Um, Love it. I think the Chargers. We've we've talked about how much they've they've missed their skill players, and Keenan Allen, Mike Williams have played roughly fifty snaps all season together. Um, they need Mike Williams back for kind of that big play that they have not been able to get. We saw last week against the Raiders, and again, look, the Raiders played that game like it was a Super Bowl. Their defense looked very good that week. And the receiving core for the Chargers just did not get open. It looked really bad. Uh, And Justin Herbert really didn't have much room. Mike Williams is one of those players where he can kind of, despite it all, still find a way to catch it. And so I think they need something from Mike Williams. You're going to have to see a big game from him if the Chargers win this game, in my opinion. On defense, this is where it's kind of going to get ugly. Um, You're going to need to have breakout or strong performances from guys who you – aren't used to seeing have strong performances. I think this is going to be a big test for like a Nazir Adderley type. This is going to be a big test for a Kenneth Murray type, both of which you've seen struggle against athletic players, athletic offenses. And when you can give kind of those huge chunk plays that those two players have been accustomed to giving up, you cannot do that against a team like the Dolphins where they have such electricity that they have on offense you want someone who's going to be able to kind of keep things in front of them. Both of those guys are not those types. I think those two, if you see those guys running behind folks, you're going to be in for a long afternoon, long evening. Now that's in prime time. So on defense, I'm going to go to Zeratoli. 
Kenneth Murray on offense, I think is Mike Williams. Yeah, I think um, those are absolutely two key ones. And obviously the hope is, I know Mike Williams is trending towards playing right. And let's hope there's no setbacks or anything like that. Because yeah, they're going to need, I mean, this is going to be one of those games. The Chargers can't score 13 points in this game. Like the yeah. offense cannot score 13 points if they even want a shot. It, it, they're going to need to touch 30 probably. I mean, with the way the defense is playing regardless, this is the fourth ranked offense in the Dolphins going up against the 27th ranked defense in the Chargers. Chargers are giving up what? An average of... 27 points a game essentially so like you got to get to 30 and i know they're injured the chargers are i know things haven't gone their way but if keenan and mike are both there and if justin's herbert is who we think he is and who we know he is you should be able to get to 30 and that is going to be i think the the key for this now if we're looking at if i'm picking two key players outside of justin herbert I'll go with on offense. I'm going to go with Joshua Kelly. And because we know what kind of output we're going to get from Austin Eckler, obviously he needs to have a better game than he had against the Raiders. Um, you know, he had a drop against the Raiders. It was critical. I don't know if you hmm. saw, he was on a, I don't know if it's his podcast, but it's with Matt Harmon on Yahoo sports. I don't know if he does it every week or just a guest every week, but he was like, so critical of himself. Just like, man, it's like, when you have that bad of a game and you feel like you cost it for your team. And so, you know, I always give my hats off to Eckler for how honest he is and, and what he, he had a fumble too, had a fumble too, you know, and he owns it and says that. So you're going to have to, you're going to get a better performance from Austin Eckler. So I'm going with Joshua Kelly just because they need the Kelly from the beginning of the season. They need that other back that can step up in the moment and have some big plays. And we saw it from Kelly before he got hurt. And part of it, I think is maybe the injuries lingering part of it. They really, haven't given him enough opportunity to kind of get in a rhythm. You know, I've talked on our show a bunch. I don't know if you and Jake have on your show, but running back is so much about rhythm. Like you can't give a guy six carries and expect those six no. carries to all be for six plus yards. Like you got to get guys in a rhythm. I would love seeing if they can get Eckler 12 to 15 carries, get Kelly 10 to 12 carries. That puts you at the 25 mark, which I say for no matter what team, you need to have 25 plus carries in the NFL to really give yourself a shot. And that puts you right there. So I want to see, Joshua Kelly had that type game before I got to defense feels like you want to say something. So jump in. Yeah. It, it, the, the problem is, is this offensive line for the chargers has been a wreck and look, you can use that as an excuse, but like they've been decimated. Corey Lindsley, arguably one of the top three centers in the NFL out for a concussion. They've been without their starting left tackle. They've been out their starting right guy. Like Trey Pipkins has been hurt with a knee injury. You saw Zion Johnson go in and out and you saw against that Raiders team. Like it's non-existent. It's a turnstile. And the Chargers' rushing attack has been non-existent. And that has been a huge issue to where the Chargers have a like, throw like 75% of the time. And when they try to establish a rhythm, they're going the wrong way on first down. Like second and 12s, you cannot sustain those. And so at some point, they're like, look, would I rather go second and 12 or give Justin Herbert a chance to go first and second down and try to get something? So I agree with you. Like the rushing game has been such a disaster. They need a huge game. And not even big plays from Joshua Kelly. Just, like, consistent. I'll take four yards. Give me four yards. Average. Three. Yes. Like, take just give me something. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, Dan. And, you know, we can blame a number of different things. And injuries are absolutely, the, I think, the biggest crutch of this team right now. And, you know, for all the talk on Joe Lombardi, I don't think he's been great. I don't think he's been horrendous, like a lot of people think. But, you know, he's definitely had his faults. And I think his biggest fault at least in these last two to three to four weeks has been abandoning the run game. And I agree with everything you're saying that the offensive line just hasn't given these running backs the opportunity. But when you're running the ball 13 times, like the defense also knows like we're just ears pinned back. Like there's no 
there's no uh, misdirect. There's no anything keeping you on your heels at all. And so at some point, and I say this a lot and it probably gets old. I truly believe this with all my heart that you need to run the ball 25 plus times, regardless of efficiency, regardless, you can run 25 times and get 30 yards, but at least you're forcing the defense to play physical. Brandon Staley has said that before, like running the ball forces the defense to be physical because if you throw the ball 40 times, 20 of those plays, there may not be a tackle. Either it's an incomplete pass, the runner runs out of bounds. You're almost giving the defense a break. When you run the football, you're forcing them. And guess what? Out of those 25 runs, I bet one of them goes for 12. Maybe two of them go for 12 and 13. (laughs) Maybe one goes for 50 just because you've tried it 25 times. And so if we start doing that, and I know there's injuries on the offensive line, but we just saw the Rams who have even a worse offensive line beat this same Raiders team with a quarterback that hadn't been there for 48 hours. So at some point, I just want to see some commitment to it because as good and all world as Justin Herbert is, no quarterback in this league, I don't care who it is, can win when you're throwing it 45 times and and everyone knows that's what you're doing. And so that's been my biggest issue with Lombardi. It's not necessarily schematically. It's just decommitting from the run yeah the 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 offense has been like multiple recipes for disaster kind of all bundled up into a really bad recipe (laughs) for how to be unsuccessful which we'll get into i know um, you mentioned the running game you mentioned joshua kelly on defense who's your guy so on defense i mean i could do a number of different players but i'm gonna go with anyone rushing the passer not named khalil mack we know khalil mack's gonna try to show out so you know we could go with um uh you know Chris Rumpf will go with uh, any anyone else because basically Kyle Van Noy because here's the key Dan and you touched on it especially if Derwin James end up being out or Bryce Callahan's being out even if they're both there who I both love but I really don't think you're going to stop this passing attack with the secondary the secondary has played admirably this season but you're just I mean Tyree Kill Jalen Watt you're just not going to do it unless you can really get after the quarterback into him mm-hmm. and you know, I, I don't think he's, we know he doesn't have the strongest arm in the league. So if you can just get pressure in his face and he has to just throw it up, then you give yourself a shot. But if you're getting him back there and he has a clean pocket and he can just kind of dump it where he pleases because he is accurate, you know, he may not be the most powerful arm, but he is accurate. So to me, it's gotta be that pass rush and it's someone not named Cleo Mack needs to step up and really get after it. And obviously we know how much they're missing Joey Bosa, but you know, this roster was built the way it was. You have two of the best in the league as your starters. You had some decent depth uh, that, you know, obviously hasn't been there all season long, but I think it's time to see some of those guys step up hopefully and, you know, get two on the ground, especially if, if Armstead doesn't play at left tackle. The, the, the thing that I, you know, I think there's probably two major sensitive topics for Chargers fans. One is if you say anything negative or you're anything <laughs> remotely critical of Justin Herbert, which I understand because a lot of folks outside the tent who are just going crazy talk and clickbait with some takes on Justin. Um, and then the other one is like, who's the bigger problem, the offense or the defense for this Chargers team? And when you have a quarterback like Justin Herbert, like regardless of how injured you are, regardless of the talent, regardless of blah, 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 regardless of the coaching ineptitude, like it's still Justin Herbert and you still should be able to be putting up points, whatever. There's no excuse for the Chargers offense to have, I want to say it's 23 points a game. Yeah, 23 be, points a game. That'd be generous, I think. 
I think it's 22.7 points per game this Chargers offense is getting. Now, the defense isn't great. 25.8 points they've given up. But 22 points a game with Justin Herbert at the helm? Like, that's criminal. And I'm not putting it on Justin Herbert. But that's what I was talking about. Like, the recipes for disasters are all kind of stacked together. Like, the offensive game plan, not great. The talent on, on the offensive skill positions because of injury issues, not great. Offensive line, not great. And then Justin Herbert not being able to go God mode every single time. Like, it's hard to expect that. Especially when he's been broken ribs for half the season. So, like, all of these things kind of compounded on each other. It's not just one thing. But the team itself is really not giving themselves much position for success on offense. And so when you're only doing 22 points a game, you're relying on this defense to do that? Like, that's tough sledding. Your offense has to be better, period. Yeah, I mean, the the correct answer is it's a team sport. They're both bad this year. I mean, so far yeah. that's that's. I mean, we could argue all you want, but I agree. If we are, and this is kind of what I've talked about on our show last week, and obviously got ripped apart for, and that's fine. And I think you and I would both sit here and want to be very clear: like we are not taking the Emmanuel Ocho stance of taking Tua over Herbert. I mean, I no. still, Dan, You're if right. I was if I was starting a franchise right now. Outside of Pat Mahomes, I would take Justin. I would take Herbert over Allen. I would take Herbert over Hertz. I would take him over Lamar Jackson. Like because I see how good he can be. Yes. I see how good he is. My biggest point is I just don't think he's reached how good he can be yet. There is still a little bit more. And everyone immediately goes to, well, look at his receiver injuries. Look at his offensive coordinator. Look at his offense line. It's like I get it. I agree. Like those are all absolutely true. But at some point we need to see, and it's hard because I we're still in it. Like those injuries are still there and whatnot, but at some point to get to that best quarterback in the league, second best quarterback in the league, we need to see a little bit of the elevation level. And last week was the prime example. Cause I had been leading up to that on the other side of the coin where it's like, can't put any blame on Herbert at all. Look at what he's dealing with. Look at that. But then the other thing, Dan, that I know you say this and I say this is, as fans, you have to also look outside of your team and look around the rest of the league and what other guys do. And not just at the good circumstances, because everyone's like, well, look at the receivers he has. Look at the coaching he has. Look at this. Look at that. Look at that. And you start having to kind of peel it back and say, okay, when you look at these great quarterbacks, the best way to kind of compare how great they are is when the players around them leave and go elsewhere. Like, how good do those guys do then? And we've seen offensive lines, offensive tackles, offensive guards who are great in some situations go to others and they last two, two years in their contract. They get cut because a quarterback can make that offensive line better, can mask some deficiencies. The quarterback can mask some deficiencies in the offensive coordinator. The quarterback can make the running game better because of how scared the defense is. So there's a lot of intangibles and I'm not saying Justin Herbert is bad at those. I just haven't quite seen that. And I hate cherry picking stats. I hate week to week narratives. I've said it many times, but I'm going to do it this one time. Last night, we see Baker Mayfield get off a plane 48 hours prior, has a hell of a lot worse offense than what the Chargers had. He was throwing to Ben Skoranek and Tutu Atwell and Van Jefferson. His offense line, Ty Neske, has been on like 40 different teams and is 45 years old. They were getting shredded by Max Crosby, and he leads two back-to-back touchdown drives in the final two possessions to win. Now I am in no way, shape or form 
saying that Baker Mayfield's better than Justin Herbert. But those are the moments that I want to see Herbert rise above and say, I don't care who my offensive line is. I don't care what the play call is. I don't care who I'm throwing to. I'm that good. I want to see that week 18 of 2021 down 15 against the Raiders in Vegas, five fourth down conversions. That was elite Justin Herbert this year. I don't think we've quite seen that on a regular basis. We've seen moments just not on a regular basis. It's, it's the same thing that we've seen from this team all year. And it is lack of consistency. Now, I, I'm, I'm going to speak for you, Ryan. I, I am not once saying that Justin Herbert is a bad quarterback or not even a very good quarterback. Like, he's a great quarterback, period. Yeah. End great. of discussion. It's okay to be a great quarterback, but also not be the best quarterback without dogging, quote unquote, your guy. Is Justin Herbert amazing? Yes. But the issue, again, not even the issue, the thing that I think he needs to do to take that next leap is that God mode type presence that you see from folks like Josh Allen, like Mahomes, where all right, hang on, hang on, what? that's a put a pin. I'm gonna take a quick break, and I want you to continue that mm. thought. So we'll be right back at the top of the hour. <laughs> all right, welcome back, Los Angeles. Welcome back, LA Chargers fans. Dan Wolkenstein joining me here on the LA Football Show, talking all things Chargers, talking Chargers, Dolphins, specifically talking. Justin Herbert, and I apologize, Dan, for having to cut you off for that break, <laughs> but take it right away. You were just talking about comparing Herbert to the likes of Allen and, and whatnot, but I'll, I'll toss it back to you. Yeah, like it, it's okay. It's okay to say that your quarterback, who is a generational talent, who is a top 5, 10 quarterback, easily, arguably top 3 to 5, you could say, it's okay to point out things that he can do better. You know, we we talk about and for good reason, how injured discharges offense is, whether it's the offensive line or the lack of skill positions due to either roster or injuries. The Chargers went up against the Chiefs just a few weeks ago, and the Chiefs were without, like, all of their playmakers. They had, like, three tight ends who, like, regularly don't play, and they're getting torched by them. Like, the one constant was Patrick Mahomes doing incredible things and extending plays, extending the sandbox, if you will, and just making magic happen. Like, you see Josh Allen do that too. And I'm not saying everything is a success. Yes, Josh Allen those interceptions. Yes, Patrick Mahomes those interceptions. But more often than not, you see those guys pull rabbit out of the hats and find ways to do stuff that no one else can. In, in play, in script, or out of script. Where folks want to clown the Chargers for their offensive play calling. And the coaching staff. But even with the bad play... Justin Herbert still has things he can do to extend the plays, to roll back, to roll out, to audible out, to check down. There are things he could do to where even if it's a bad play call, even if guys aren't open, there are things he could do to help. Now, I'm not putting in the blame on Justin Herbert. He is nowhere near the top of the list of problems for this offense mm -hmm. at all. And he is a tremendous, tremendous quarterback. The only thing that they are lacking from him is more consistently being that God mode. It's unfortunate that they have to rely on that, but that's just the reality. Just like what you see from the Bills and you see from the Chiefs, they hardly win when those two guys are not playing well. They hardly do. It's just period. Especially, especially at the end of games. End of half, end of game, beginning of games, those guys are like automatic. And that's what it has to be. And Justin Herbert, for the most part, is just not as consistently. And so well, it's important. And look at Dan, not, not to cut you off, but because everyone likes to 
like say, I mean, because here's what it boils down to. Look at that Thanksgiving Day game, right, with the Bills. You have uh, Josh Allen against Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Josh Allen led game-winning drive. If the game ended, that would have gone, check the box, game-winning drive. Well, then Kirk Cousins goes down and ties it up. They Or they were about to tie it up. They don't convert. They get the ball back. Then what happens? Josh Allen fumbles in the end zone. The Vikings get it. They end up going to overtime, and they win in overtime. So unless your quarterback, I don't care what his name is, is consistently being that God mode, that elite, that number one, you're not going to win a lot of football games, at least the best teams. And then why are we even having this conversation? If your quarterback isn't playing elite every single play, then what are we conversating about? It's it's okay. It's okay for your quarterback not to be the best one, which again, like if you're just being honest, like Justin Herbert is not the best quarterback in the NFL. Like that should not shock anybody. Could he be? Does he have the talent to be? Is the potential there? Is his ceiling higher? Is his floor higher? Absolutely. Yep. But if you just look at the baseline, he's not there yet. And that's okay. Like he's still so young. He's still incredible. We love him. I think he's a great quarterback. Wouldn't trade him for anyone. I'm I'm with you, Chargers fans. Like, I'm with you. I'm just, like, you can have the rose-colored glasses off for two seconds and still be a rabid supporter of this team and this player. While also, even if he got some truth serum, he would tell you where he could be better. Now, sure, like, does the injury hurt? Yes. Does the injuries to the other guys on the team hurt? Yes. Does a lack of speed hurt? Yes. Does a play calling hurt? Yes. But, like, he could also help. Like, he could also just be, like, it's just... It's unfortunate because I know the reason Chargers fans are so sensitive is because of kind of the hot take clickbait stuff you're getting externally. So I get the sensitivity, but it's kind of, it's unfortunately made them overly sensitive to where they can't look at things critically and honestly. It's just immediate defense, which I understand. Like they're, they're protecting their guy. I get it. it. But the hard thing is, is we're not, we're not, tearing down Justin Herbert. I think that's what but they're try thinking not... they think that you are yeah, because exactly. you say anything critical and it just exactly. it, I think it's just like it's a it's a neuron that fired that's immediately like equating it to Emmanuel Acho. Yeah, exactly. Just not, <laughs> not I mean I'm not saying I'm taking two over Herbert. Like that's ludicrous. That is clickbait. Not always that clickbait that's just patently false. There was a um did I see it on a sh- I was on two dolphins show this week. I can't remember if they told me or I saw it somewhere else but there was five dolphins former execs yes all uh, in miami in miami all polled who they would take if starting a team all miami dolphins guys all of them took herbert mm-hmm. so i mean we're not saying anything like that is negative we're not even saying anything negative we're not putting blame this team wouldn't be six and six without justin herbert i mean that's oh, how good he is that's how good he's terrible playing. yes however if Justin Herbert was, and these I'm just pulling numbers. If let's say right now he's, if we consider him the, the seventh best QB in football, the the sixth, the fifth, if he was the second or third, this team might be, you know, eight and three yes. instead of six and six. Or if I can and, do and math that, right, eight, and that's eight and okay. Four. And that's okay. Like we're not sitting here saying we expect him to be, but I'm like, what if? Like yeah. if he was Patrick Mahomes, this team wouldn't be six and six. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And like you get crucified for saying that. <laughs> well, and the hardest thing, because it's so hard to compare across, and I know we just did that for 10 minutes. It's so hard to compare across different teams and quarterbacks because situations are so different. They have different coaches. It's every play is different. And so I get that. But at some point you have to look at 
every excuse being made and saying like, okay, when are we now just like protecting and making excuses? Like I had, I had a conversation with someone about, you know, that, uh, the Niners game and how I was like, look, not faulting Herbert because the Niners have a great defense. They had a buy, they had everything in their favor. You had what 50 seconds left up on your 10 yard line. So I'm not faulting them. However, that was an opportunity for a great moment. If the Mahomes was back there, if Brady, if you never had a doubt, probably like, Oh great. 55 seconds. That's plenty of time. Yeah. Whereas we all were like, yeah, I don't think he has the horse. Like we just immediately are like, Oh, he doesn't have the receiver help. I don't think the offensive line. Yeah. And first play sack, imme- second play interception. Yeah. And this guy immediately said, well, yeah, well look at, look at Brady had like five seconds of throw. Herbert's arm was hit. And that's where the interception, like if his arm doesn't get a hit, it's not an interception. I'm like, sure. But that's freaking football. Like that's part of it. Yes. His offensive line is not great, but that is football. You have to elevate above that. That is life. No one in life can get, I mean, not no one, obviously money can change things, but let's just say the relative population cannot get to greatness without overcoming hurdles, overcoming blocks in your way, overcoming people in your life that might be holding you back, but you have to overcome that. Herbert's done it on many occasions. He just hasn't done it on every occasion. And I will say and this. I, I will say this. I, I think that I think the frustration, and I'll, I'm hoping I can speak on behalf of Chargers fans for this one, is the overarching kind of frustration with how this team has handled Justin Herbert's first few years. Now, they've built a ton around, quote unquote, him with offensive line help that was needed. They got defensive line help. They got all kinds of help trying to get Justin Herbert to not have to be as hero as he is. Um, unfortunately, like a lot of those guys are hurt. And unfortunately, like there's a couple things they could have done better. They could have had more depth at offensive line, especially tackle. They could have had a speedier guy. But like, again, without offensive line, who cares how, spe- how speedy somebody is? You're not going to get it to him. Yeah. But at some point, I think people are just frustrated because all of these worst case scenarios are all happening at the same time. And it's kind of bringing back that narrative of like Chargers going to Charger. And you have to kind of look at them in isolation and together. Yeah. It's all kind of become this big cluster, but like it's a lot of things all happening together. And for as much as people want to talk about, Oh, this Chargers, you know, GM doesn't, you know, give them enough depth. There's enough depth on this roster. Ryan, there isn't an NFL roster in the NFL that's going to withstand upwards of 20 plus injuries, half of them to their best players. That's not like depth is only depth for so long until like the depth is gone. The depth is gone. The depth is gone. Now what do you do? Well, I like, I, I said this on the Ram segment is I think injury wise and my camera got super dark randomly. I don't know if I'm going dark on this. uh, You still look beautiful on this show or what, but, but you, I feel like the injury wise, between the Rams and Chargers have been very similar this season. I think, I think the Rams now have actually surpassed the Chargers in number of injuries just you know, with Stafford being on IR gone, Allen Robinson being gone and look where the Rams are. They were in the Super Bowl last year and they're, they're a four win team. They're four and nine. And so the fact that Chargers are six and six shows a, how good Justin Herbert is, which again, we are trying to reiterate. He is great. We're just seeing a different, we're just, speaking at a different level, but B that there was some decent depth built in this team, not the greatest, but I mean, the fact that you have Jeremy Salyer in their back pocket to play left tackle when you're all pro left tackle goes down, that says something about the depth. Now, has it been beautiful? No. I, I, we, as we just said, the defense is 27th in the league, but 
this is a six and six football team with a chance to go seven and six that has everything still in front of them. They control their own destiny essentially to make the playoffs. And I think there's something needs to be said for that. Now it's just a matter of execution among these players to get to that next level and get to the next step. Because that to me is the easiest comparison. Look at the Rams. Look right across the locker room in your own stadium. Rams have had injuries too. And guess what? They were they were three and nine sec- until yesterday. They were 15 <laughs> seconds away from being three and ten. Yeah, with it's Sean it, McVay, it, with with the all this all world coaches that everyone hates the Chargers coaches. Yep. With Sean McVay, they're about to be three and ten. Yeah. For, if, if four and nine, does that mean he's a bad coach? Like I, I don't know. I, I don't think so. And exactly. the, for folks who want last thing, I'll put a ribbon on or a bow on this injury thing and in depth for the roster. Go to any NFL roster and take away their left and right starting tackles, their starting center, their top two receivers, and five of their defensive linemen. Pick any five. I don't care. <laughs> They're not going to be good. They're just nope. not. At least, at least at those positions, they're not going to be good. And how can you, like, you can't be upset with a team for bad quote-unquote depth when five of their guys are gone, and then the next five come in, and they're not as good as them. Like, what? There's yeah. a reason why they were there. Like, that's... <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. It's a funny yeah. world, man. It's a funny world. Well, and that, and that I think, the last thing we can say, because I'm sure people listening are like, well, you just said Justin Herbert needs to rise above that. Like, he needs to get over those injuries. So I think that's a, a good way to say that, we both believe, and just because I know you, and obviously we've had this conversation, that you know, I've said it five minutes ago, but I'll say it again. This team is probably six and six solely on the the right arm of Justin Herbert. Hundred percent. So we're not we're not saying that they should be. He needs to rise above all these injuries to be eight and four. We're saying just in those critical moments, that's where we want to see it. Not for he doesn't need to throw for five hundred yards every game to nobody, but in that last minute and a half. When the game's on the line, that is where then throw the injuries out the door. Because we just saw Baker Mayfield do it. You saw Tom Brady do it. Yep. On the two-yard line. Go down with no timeouts. You see Mahomes do it with like 13 seconds. You see the Bills do it with 40 seconds. The Chargers had the ball with a chance to tie it against the Raiders on that second possession. That was the biggest one for me. Like all the Raiders, they had it. They had it against the Chiefs. They had it against the Niners. They They had opportunities in all of those spots. Yeah. Now they did it against the Cardinals. But that's again, that's yeah. one out of four. Exactly. Just saying. And and I, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt against the Chiefs because yeah, they defense led up. You're giving the benefit of the doubt against the Niners, even though I just said what I said. But the Raiders one was the one where I was like, all right, that was that was the moment. You have Keenan back. Um, obviously the missed call probably hurt them. And that's the last point, Dan. And we can wrap up with kind of a, a final preview here in the last five minutes. But you do have to, and we have to at least admit this, like you do have to have some luck and things go your way. I mean, last night, 100%. if Chargers legend Jerry Tillery doesn't get that <laughs> unsportsmanlike conduct, we may not even have in this conversation about Baker Mayfield. There's been tons of instances in Tom Brady's career where whether they get that penalty or, or the lack thereof against the Chargers, Pat Mahomes on that last drive, two, in my opinion, flagrant holdings. Yes. No yes. calls. You got you get the push off on the reception and you get the intentional grounding. So there absolutely also has to be some luck, which the Chargers have gotten no favors in that regard. And obviously they got one against them on on the Raiders. So it's, you know, I, I totally see both sides. I see the defense and why people do get offended. For me, it more stems, and you've been a fan longer than I've covered the team, but I've seen this behavior all the way back to Phillip Rivers. It's just the quarterback can do no wrong. It's 
ownership, it's Tom Telesco, it's coaching, it's injuries, it's this, and it's like it's the merchandisers, it's the folks yeah. who are selling the popcorn, like it's the podcasters, it's the media. The grass. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Justin. I get it. It's not Justin. It. So but with that said, Sunday night, you will be there. Is uh is is baby girl going with you again? She is not. Once it got flexed to a night game, that kind of took her out of oh, this yeah, one. True. So going with a buddy who's flying in from the East Coast. So we're actually going to be going to that one right before his red eye back home. Oh, so he's flying out just for the game. No, he's flying out for work and then making it for pleasure as well. So we're going to go out to that afterwards. Yeah, you can just say the game. That's fine. But <laughs> so, okay. So you said your two keys, Mike Williams and Nas. I said um, Joshua Kelly and I'll go with Chris Rumpf. I said a pass rusher, not named Cleo Mack, but I'll go Chris Rumpf. So how do you see this game going? You said right at the beginning of the show, you th- you think the Chargers can pull this one off. I'm gonna I'll be honest, I struggle saying that just based on the injury report yet again. I want to have confidence. I really do. But how do you see this game really unfolding? I the thing the thing for me is as bad as this defense has looked, like they, they've kept this offense in my eyes in position to win. They've been in position to win. Now, like, could they have been better? Sure, of course. Both sides have been bad. But like defense has done enough to win these last handful of games. And I kind of see that same thing happening. Now, obviously, no Derwin James. It's like a huge astronomical shift. Yeah. Um, but Corey Lindsley is slated to come back, who I think is probably other than Keenan Allen, which actually now I might think Corey Lindsley is more important, is the most important thing for Justin Herbert's success. He owns the entire front line and the interior of that offensive line, which you saw just get railroaded this past week. If he can stay in, not only will it help Justin Herbert from a pass protection, but also it will help, i.e. Joshua Kelly, Austin Eckler from like a run game and just from schematic perspective. So I think Mike Williams for that shot play, for like the consistency, for that gotta have it type stuff along Keenan Allen, those two guys together, I think are huge. And Corey Lindsay, I think, is big. And I think that offense with those two additions back, we'll see what happens at right tackle. No idea if Trey Pipkins is going to be playing. But those two guys, I think, is going to bring a steady-ish presence to this offense that I think is sorely missed. And so that, in my eyes, I think is going to be enough to where the Chargers are going to have to have some miracle at the end of this game. But I think they're going to get it. I think they're going to get it. They're going to have an end-of-game situation where they're going to have, let's call it a minute and a half, two timeouts, down five. They'll have the opportunity. And with those guys, can they march down the field? Again, with those guys, can they march down the field? You've got Corey Lindsley. You've got Justin Herbert. You've got Austin Eckler. You've got Mike Williams. You've got Keenan Allen. You've got Gerald Everett. Mm-hmm. That's enough. You saw what Baker Mayfield did. Like, that's enough. They would die for that, that roster. <laughs> That's enough. If they get to that point, can they do it? Or will this coaching staff screw it up? Or will they get screwed up by a, another tip pass? Or will they fold? Or will they prevail? I mean, they cannot go six and seven and still want to go to the playoffs. They can't. I think both of us agree 10 and seven makes it, but you can't expect them to go four and oh. You just yep. can't. Any team, it's hard to do. Yep. Yeah. I agree. Um, and also, also, you know how jacked up this entire team is to fight for Justin Herbert right now? If there's oh, one yeah. game in the entire season that has been circled to like, all right, we got to step up for our guy. Like, this is it. 
I know yeah. everyone talks about Kansas City. I know everybody talks about they much they hate the Raiders. Like, no. Miami at home, prime time, the whole Tua thing. Like you ride with your guy. And you've yeah. seen some of the flack that Justin Herbert's gotten this year. Unrightly so, laughably so at times. This team is going to be all in for their guy. Coaching staff, players, the guy who's selling the hot dogs, everyone is going to be here trying to support and get Justin that W. Yeah. I want to I, I kind of want to see Dan and I don't think this is really Justin's style, just being his personality, seeing, you know, a biology major, like just, <laughs> he seems a very like cerebral, like outline. Like he's a guy that if he did a podcast, he'd have like five pages of notes going into it. He's not free balling it like us. He'd but be way more to, prepared than we are. <laughs> way more prepared, obviously a preparation guy, but I'd love to see like, let his hair down a little. I mean, he's got such a beautiful mane, let the hair down and just go play ball. Like, I think that's what made that, that Baker game last night. So special is, how much of the playbook could he really have known? At some point it was like, all right, here's like a package of 10 plays, but you know, just go make something happen. Go have fun out there. And I want to see, we... I want to see that giants game from last year where it's, you saw him just go out and just have fun and let it yeah. rip. And then he had the best throw I've ever seen. We were there live for it. Seven yeah. yards down to Guyton. And you saw him just go ballistic. He was so happy. The entire team was happy. He went crazy. Let loose a little bit. Like that's what you want to see. Like exactly. it's, you're six and six. This is the time. Like your season is on the line now. Yeah. Let it like, ride. Exactly. Like that week 18 against the Raiders, those final two drives. It was basically like throw the playbook out, Justin, go make a play. That's what we want to see. Like yes. that's the quarterback that is elite and that ability is there. And he has to do that this game to get a win. Now I was on a few dolphins podcasts earlier. I actually picked against the chargers just because at the time I just did not feel confident, but based on this conversation, I'm, I'm flipping. And I think Woo! we see the best, offensive performance of the season this year. You know, the Dolphins are very mid-tier in terms of defensive um, where they rank. I think they give about 24 points per game, so right on right on cue there, right on point there. But I think we see a great game from Herbert. I think we see the backs get things going, and I think we'll see this offense finally show some fireworks, Dan. And I think I, – I agree, though. It's going to be back and forth for sure because the offense on the other side has all the fireworks too. I think we'll see an end-of-the-game heroics – like every Chargers primetime game, it's always a one possession game. And this one, I think the Chargers do get it done at the end. I'll go 33 30 as your final. All right. We got to take another break. That's Dan Wolkenstein, host of Chargers Unleashed, right here on the LA Football Show. This was fun, man. Thanks so much for coming on with me. Appreciate you as always. Of course. This is fun. Chargers fans, get ready, relax, take a breath, but get into it. This is going to be a fun matchup. Ryan, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. You're listening to the LA Football Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.